Exercise Confidence listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. First and foremost, I want to wish you all well. I hope you are staying safe and healthy during this pandemic that we are all experiencing. Today, I am sitting down with Amy Montez. Amy is a registered nurse here in the state of California. We touch briefly on what her experience in the nursing field has been like since the whole COVID-19 outbreak has occurred. We also touch on why she is so passionate about her field and how she is inspiring others to not only pursue nursing, but to pursue whatever it is that they are passionate about. Amy prides herself on being the happy RN, and I am happy to share her interview with you here today. So as you hear her interview today, I wish you happy listening. Hey, Exercise Confidence listeners, today I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine. Her name is Amy Montez. She's amazing. She is a nurse, actually. So she's been one of the people out on the front lines with all of this crazy COVID-19 pandemic that's going on. I'm just really excited to have her. So thanks for being here, Amy. Thanks so much for having me, JR. I'm so excited that you're doing this, and I really love what you're what you're doing with your whole podcast and everything. Oh, thank you, friend. I love what you're doing with your life. You're amazing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, Amy, my favorite question to start my interview with, uh, with my guests is, tell me about yourself in 20 seconds or less. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm Amy. I'm 26 years old and a registered nurse here in California. I've been practicing nursing, it'll be a year in May. Um, so I'm really focused on that and growing in my career. Um, my free time, I spend singing. I love to focus on staying happy and positive regardless of what's going on in the world. And I'm a night shifter, so I love my sleep a little extra nowadays and drinking coffee, of course, (laughs) me in a nutshell. Of course. What's your favorite coffee? Honestly, anything, (laughs) (laughs) anything with just a dash of like caramel creamer and we're good. I love it. So if you, if you don't mind my asking, what has it kind of been like with you dealing with all of the pandemic in terms of working on the front lines of like healthcare? Cause you're in a hospital like day to day, right? Yes. So it's really weird how things work out right now. I'm actually on a scheduled vacation because I had scheduled that vacation back in December. I was supposed to be in Hawaii right now and, you know, living my best life. But, you know, things happen in the world. We're all making sacrifices, you know, for the greater good right now Mm, in terms of, you know, canceling travel and social distancing and things like that. So it's just really... um, my gosh, it's just really crazy the way that everything everything had happened so quickly. Just last week, you know, we were kind of living our lives as normal, knowing that the COVID-19 virus was out and about and everything and affecting, affecting people around the world. But now it's like, you know, cities are on total lockdowns and everything. So as a new nurse, it's been really eye-opening to see, you know, how the healthcare system has been reacting to this and how what we're being expected to do, you know, show up regardless of what's going on and right. and be there on the front lines. I know right now with the pandemic, there's a lot of anxieties, especially with people who aren't in the healthcare industry and really don't know the deep specifics or day-to-day updates on what's going on with the virus. And I know anxiety can chip away at confidence. As a nurse and being in there, like you're saying, on the front lines, how have you been able to kind of maintain that confidence when you are literally in the trenches and right there, like helping people in different ways at the hospital? In this certain situation, 
any sort of confidence that I do have comes from the teamwork that I'm seeing from my fellow nurses, fellow healthcare providers, just even the people that I'm seeing, like risking their day to day and going out and about into the front lines as being one of the people that clean the rooms in the hospitals or even our um, home health healthcare providers, people who are making sure that our shelves are stocked. I mean, I just went to Target the other day. It was like mass chaos. And then people are still like showing up teamwork, stocking shelves, you know, for anybody who needs anything. So I think it's just the teamwork between all of us, you know, showing up and helping everybody out during this crazy time. How important do you think having a supportive team is, not just in nursing, but in anything, in terms of being able to feel confident in whatever it is you're trying to achieve? Well, I've been, I've always been surrounded by people who have been really supportive in my dreams and what I've wanted to do in life Um, with nursing. Like, my friends and family have always been right behind me telling me that, you know, I could reach for the stars. And I have struggled with my self-confidence and self-love over the years but the teamwork the people you surround yourself with and the teamwork that they provide really just helps you rise up to any occasion because you think okay it's not just me I'm surrounded by people who are also capable of doing these like difficult tasks and together we'll be able to accomplish more rather than just one person alone I love that I love the notion of like we can accomplish more as a team instead of on our own So have you always wanted to be a nurse? And if so, like, why? Why nursing? I have always wanted to be a nurse. When I was younger, I used to play doctor with my brothers, and I used to make them pretend to be a patient. Of course, I didn't use all these terms when I was younger, but I used to pretend that they were in cardiac arrest and that I was running a code blue (laughs) all on my own. I would yell clear and, like, use pillows as, like, shock paddles. So I've always wanted to be in healthcare. And I think that comes from a story that I heard from my mom about my uncle, who was a doctor in Peru. And he actually opened up a clinic that provided free healthcare to people in need. Mm -hmm. And I just really loved the aspect of putting others before yourself. Of course, taking care of yourself is really important. But that selflessness that is involved in healthcare, I was really attracted to that and really loved being able to be a part of a greater picture than just myself and my life. From what I've seen, you've been able to kind of do this in a lot of ways. Like you mentioned, not doing stuff by yourself and not just doing stuff for yourself, but for and with others. I loved following your journey through nursing school on social media. (laughs) And I loved seeing all the stuff you would post about like your cohort and your classmates. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really special. And I guess um, right now I kind of want to talk about like advice maybe you have for nursing students or people that are possibly thinking about pursuing nursing because I know especially in in time of pandemic people may think like "Ah, that's not something I could do or I don't really I don't really know how I feel about trying to pursue that anymore so yeah I guess first and foremost like give me a little bit of what that experience was like for you. Oh my gosh, it was a journey. <laughs> and I always say that life is a, a roller coaster with lots of ups and downs. But actually, as like a pre nursing student, I had hit a really big low. Not a lot of people know this about me, but I actually kind of quit my lifelong dream of being a nurse for like a semester. Oh, I actually wow. stopped going on the pre nursing track uh, for a semester because I was just overwhelmed with the lack of self-love and self-confidence that I had all kind of topped on 
my already sort of anxious personality that I had, um, the perfect trifecta, by listening to others who were telling me, like, you know, career choice is really difficult. Are you sure you're going to be okay doing it? I was told by a lot of counselors, you know, you really should have a plan B because programs across California are impacted. And do you really know what you're getting yourself into? You're a great candidate, but think about it, you know, so there was not a lot of positivity in terms of like people telling me that I could do it, besides from my friends and my family at that time. So I actually quit, I uh, changed my major. And I was so unhappy during that time, I kind of finally got my stuff together and said, No, I I need to have that self confidence and self love. And I can't be the roadblock in my journey towards my goals. So I applied to nursing school and I um, after that semester. And after that first application process, I got in, yeah. thankfully. <laughs> and then I started the nursing program. It was spring of 2016. From there, there was a whole lot of other lows and highs that I hit, but that was like a huge turning point in my whole journey to where I am now. And also the more confident person that I am now as well. What has your own journey been like in terms of self-love? Do you feel like there was a certain point in your life that really was a big low or a big high? When I think back to my childhood, I mean, I was always, I was so loved by my family. I don't remember a time where I felt like I wasn't loved by the people around me. So there was just a lot of love and uh, we're Christian. So there's a lot of love from Jesus and Mm -hmm. what I've learned from that as well. But growing up, I think during more like the preteen and teen years, you know, you start to be a little bit more harsh with yourself. You start saying like, maybe I'm not smart enough, maybe I'm not special enough. And then bullying becomes an issue as well, which I did. I was bullied when I was younger. But, you know, I, I didn't rise up from that occasion. I kind of let it simmer. And it really, really got to me. So I started Mm -hmm. saying like, you know, maybe I'm not special or smart enough. And, you know, going back to the last story that I kind of had about, you know, me giving up on my dream for a semester of nursing, that was a really big thing. I I really was my own roadblock in my journey. And it was due to the lack of self-love and self-confidence that I had. So growing up, I had, I was surrounded by a whole lot of love. But um, once I started getting kind of into my own head, I I really let it get to me. And and then getting older, it really, you know, it almost stopped me from being, you know, what I always wanted to be, which was a nurse. And thank goodness that I, I, you know, grew out of that. And I still, you know, it's an everyday struggle, you have to wake up and really be forward about telling yourself, like, you are worthy, you are smart, you are special. It's going to be a great day. You know, you're going to do great things in this great day. So you have to wake up with purpose. How are you able to continually wake up with purpose, even on days that are hard? So I'm, it sounds kind of funny, but I'm a big to-do list person and a big goal setter on this to-do list that I have. So I like to write a weekly to-do list. And you and I met, you know, on, on during the Miss America organization mm-hmm. and local pageants and competing for Miss California. And it's funny because that was a huge goal that I set for myself. And I actually wrote it on my to-do list. And then I did it. I so that. I wake up with purpose by, you know, making my to-do list as funny as that sounds. But making the to-do list kind of makes it tangible for me. Right. Instead of just thinking and dreaming about what I want to do in life. Getting into nursing school was always like on my to-do list. So 
doing that and then staying positive and surrounding myself around positivity and making sure that I wake up and look at myself in the mirror and say, you can do this and stop with the negative self-talk. Like you can do this. So little baby steps, like making a to-do list and stuff really help with waking up with purpose. I love setting goals. I love writing things down. I I'm a big to-do list person. I'm somebody that like, (laughs) I'll like put the most like, menial task on there like shower just because i love to check stuff off yes <laughs> me too <laughs> paint your nails check <laughs> and then something like finish writing your term paper yeah check. Um, i can come later <laughs> yeah right but um you know the goal that you said you had for yourself of competing for miss california through the miss america organization give me more on that how did you find out about miss san joaquin county because that was your title that you did win and take to Miss California. So, you know, how did you find out about the Miss America organization? Why did you decide to compete? So it's really funny how this all happened around the same time. I kind of gave up on my dream for a semester of going to nursing school. And then I snapped out of it, applied for nursing school, did what I had to do. And then I had a semester off because I was I had already finished all of my prerequisites. I just needed to be in nursing school. So I had a semester off of school. I was just waiting to begin the program at my university because I was already accepted. And then I said, okay, you know what? I'm I'm doing it now. I'm going to fulfill my dreams of doing what I've always wanted to do. I'm going to put myself out there. And then I, of course, went to my to-do list and I wrote down everything that I always wished I could, but because of the lack of self-confidence, I never did. So one of the things that I always wanted to do was get involved in the community through pageants because I really admired the part of pageantry that focused on giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing that the girls in pageants weren't just on top of a flow in a parade, but that they also had platforms and that they did community service work. So I said, I want to be, I want to be that, like, I want to do that and give it a try. And I gave it a try as Miss San Joaquin County in 2017. And I ended up winning and I was like, whoa, (laughs) like what just happened here? And it was such a great experience. And it, it really showed me, it was like another time that showed me I can do whatever I set my mind to and it's going to take a lot of hard work. And if I'm willing to put in that hard work, I can make it happen. So that was like a huge turning point. Not only like, you know, getting involved in my community, meeting awesome people like you through the Miss America organization, (laughs) but also a big turning point in my self-confidence and self-love because I said, you know, I have to show up every day with positivity and try to fulfill my goals that I've set for myself. When you won and you realized you were going to Miss California, I'm sure you felt incredibly confident in that moment, right? Or did you feel insecure? No. No. <laughs> no. I um I won and I I really embraced the moment. Uh, I remember being super happy. I think I went out to dinner with my family and friends who watched me in the pageant at Miss Santa Pin County. But the next morning. I woke up and I said, wait, how? Like, did they make a mistake? Mm. Like, you know, and of course, with that negative self-talk all over again, I just couldn't believe that I got chosen because I did a private interview and on stage question, I walked on a stage in a bikini because we still had swimsuit at that time. (laughs) I did all of that. And I just, I, I couldn't believe like 
that I was chosen for that position. But of course, like, you know, with the positive people that I'm surrounded by and the people who really exude that confidence around me kind of helped me also by them telling me like kind of hey snap out of it don't let this stop you from doing something that you want to do um my mom is really great at doing that she said Miha, stop it <laughs> so um again you know I had to work through that and say hey I, I won and I'm gonna embrace this moment and I'm headed to Miss California and I'm gonna do my best so that's all I could really think about getting to Miss California being there with all the women how was that experience for you? Because you and I went for the first time the same year in 2017. Yeah. And I feel like we just attached to each other. <laughs> like we the did. Whole week. Instant click. Yes. Instant friendship. It was really, oh my goodness. I just felt so overwhelmed. Like there was just a lot of girls in general. I was like, oh, a lot of people, a lot of new friends, like a lot of different personalities. Um, I just felt overwhelmed with like I'm happy because I'm here I'm nervous because I have to go on stage and and show hundreds of people like who Amy is mm-hmm. like who is Miss San Joaquin County where did she come from what's her story so I it was just a whole lot of different emotions but I think I really tried to exude some self-confidence then and really you know because that was a huge turning point in that aspect of my life so I was just like hey I'm here I made it here for a reason and I'm gonna confidently like walk through this and any experience is great experience so I just embrace that and you won one of the non-finalist top talent awards that year right yes (laughs) I did that was such a surprise also I sang Time to Say Goodbye, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people know it as the Catalina Wine Mixer from <laughs> Step Brothers. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you for oh saying gosh. that. But yes, I sang it and I won the non-finalist uh, talent award for that song. That was such a surprise too. But again, I embraced that that good news. You know, like they chose me for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their time to be recognized for, you know, something that they've done and that was my time and I embraced that I worked really hard you know to perform that song also so it was really nice to to win that award and scholarship money which really helped pay for nursing school yeah that's that's probably the best aspect in my opinion is the the priceless friendships and that uh price tag going down on the tuition from using scholarship money yes all while doing things that we find fun and exhilarating Yeah, yeah exactly and because of your award that we just talked about you and I both got featured in the Vida de la Valle, the newspaper that oh, highlighted yes. the his, the Hispanic young women that yeah. had excelled that year with you getting the non-finalist talent award. I was really, really fortunate to uh, place in the top 15 that year and we got highlighted. And for me, that was so special because I come from primarily two minorities on my parents' side. My mom is primarily Mexican couple other little ethnicities in there and then my father's Iranian so there's that whole Middle Eastern side to my uh, background and culture and what did it mean to you to be not only like a strong female representative in your community but also as a minority well I'm really proud of like my heritage and where I come from and you know I'm Mexican and Peruvian so I have a lot of Latina spice in me (laughs) and we love (laughs) you for it (laughs) it was really awesome to be able to talk about my experiences like you said not only as a strong woman figure 
at Miss California, but also as somebody who was a minority uh, or who is a minority, it just really meant a lot to be able to say, like, I'm here and I made it and this is not just on me, but my parents' hard work, you know, because they're immigrants from Mexico and Peru. And it, it, mm-hmm. it was awesome to be able to showcase that as well and that they raised a woman who was able to go out and do this kind of thing. In the nursing field, would you say that being Latina and pursuing this career, are you still one of the minorities? That or is a great question. Is it a, is it a pretty <laughs> because... diverse field? I feel like it's very diverse, especially in the area where I'm from. But I, I notice that I am utilized quite often for translation. Mm. So being Hispanic and Latina, it has actually really been such a positive, not just for me in my job, because I'm able to communicate with my patients who are Hispanic and maybe only speak Spanish. Right. But it's such a positive for those people who only speak Spanish. Because if you could only imagine not only being sick and stuck in the hospital, but also not knowing what people around you are saying at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've gone in there for doctors and been able to translate for them. I've been able to, during emergency situations, you know, translate for patients and tell them, hey, this is going on and that's going on. We're going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for anybody, that would just be some comforting news while a whole lot of chaos around them is happening. So it's been a huge blessing to be culturally diverse. Does that play into your confidence as a nurse to be able to give somebody else confidence about the care that they're going to be receiving because you can adequately articulate it to them in their native language? I never thought of it as giving me confidence, but it definitely gives me a a great feeling to be able to help Mm -hmm. others. It it really brings my spirits up when I have someone saying, thank you. Like, thank you for explaining this procedure or what's going on around me to me in in a moment where they're the most vulnerable. So it's it's really just such a beautiful thing. I, I do feel confident that I will do my best to try and help them. But yeah, it's it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to help somebody when they're in their most vulnerable state. I feel like helping people is just such an intrinsic part of who Amy is. Whether it's patients in a vulnerable state or friends going through crisis. With your Instagram, you have like a specific nursing Instagram that I think is so cool because you're sharing your whole nursing journey. And it's another way that, you know, if any of the listeners out there are are thinking of pursuing nursing, it's a way to kind of get in contact with somebody that's been there and done that and just has such an open heart that's willing to help. Yeah, that Instagram kind of got started. Well, first, I always wanted to do an Instagram like that. That was on my to-do list. <laughs> and <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, I finally got around to starting it. And with that Instagram, I share, like you said, you know, my, my day-to-day and experiences as a fairly new nurse. And that Instagram <laughs> handle, we'll go ahead and put in the description. It's at the happy RN underscore. Yes, at we'll, the happy RN underscore. Yeah, we'll put it in the description so you guys can click through and follow Amy. Yeah, keep keep telling me more about that. It's just been a really great place to also network with other nurses. I think social media, we see a lot of people kind of portray like their perfect life, but we know no one's perfect. But my initiative with this Instagram has been to share all the imperfections in my life, all the difficulties too, because like I said, 
after that one semester where I said, oh, I give up, and then I snapped out of it, there was still a lot of other highs and lows that I went through nursing school, even graduating and tackling the NCLEX. You know, I graduated and I was at a high. I said, oh, I just graduated nursing school. What an accomplishment. And then I hit a low of like, oh gosh, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not cut out for like the NCLEX. So I'm happy to share those experiences and how I overcame like the difficulties of, you know, maybe I can't do this. Maybe this isn't for me. And then also um, networking with other people who are like that as well. What is the NCLEX and how did that challenge your self-confidence navigating that? The NCLEX, when I graduated, was, in short, my worst nightmare. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's essentially our boards. It's a test. Once you take it and you pass it, you're officially a registered nurse. Without it, you just have your degree, Mm -hmm. but it's a test that kind of goes over all basically all the info that you could have ever learned in nursing school. So I had to study really hard for that, used a lot of different resources and reviewed all the material and went into the NCLEX. The least number of questions that you could get is 75 questions. And I thank the Lord every day that I passed at 75 questions and didn't have to suffer through anymore. But (laughs) it was a huge exam for me. And like Mm -hmm. I said, my worst nightmare. So at that time, (laughs) little (laughs) did I know things were just good. That was not even that difficult in terms of like what I was gonna have to go through later on in my career. So far, what has been the most challenging obstacle you've faced since you've actually started practicing nursing for your career? A lot of the most difficult moments really has just been finding that self-confidence now as a nurse. Mm. You know, I I can have self-confidence as a person, but I feel like when you go into like the hospital, I feel like it was a whole different world it was like a whole second life for me because I would step in and it and everything on the outside world would just kind of be gone from my mind and I was just so focused on the job that I was doing and and where I was at you know you get comfortable with nursing school and then you you accomplish that goal you get into your NCLEX and you accomplish passing the NCLEX and then you go into the job and no amount of studying no amount of I don't know nothing can really prepare you for the difficulties of handling your own patient load, learning the workflow, and just kind of leading the patient care as well. Because yes, there are doctors, but we're the ones who talk to them and tell them, hey, like this is going on and, and we should do something about this. And that's a lot of pressure. So just finding my own confidence in that has been really difficult. Navigating all of that and finding your own self-confidence, what in that same time period has been your most triumphant moment as a nurse where you did really feel that sense of self-confidence? I have received, like, it was such a beautiful little thank you note from one of my patients. And that was kind of, I think, at like the five-month mark of me being on my own to where it was just like it everything was still so difficult but you know I was still learning and working hard to like get to where I want to be and I received a beautiful thank you note I don't think any of my managers knew it because one of my coworkers gave it to me from that patient and the note was just oh it I still have it it's like on my wall Aww. 
And I look at it every day. And I think that was a moment where I said, okay, I'm here doing what I set out to do. I'm making a difference in somebody's life. Even if it's just that one person, it's one person that I made a difference in someone's life because that's what I wanted to do. How have you been able to kind of reconcile when you were a nursing student and like dreaming of this moment? Like this was your dream that you wanted to make your reality. And now it's your reality. How how have you been able to kind of just either absorb that or take those moments to really appreciate that? Because I think a lot of the time we we don't give ourselves the credit that we deserve and we don't take the moment to appreciate the accomplishment because like you're saying, you have the real life situations that kind of challenge your confidence. But But I think it's also important to kind of take that step back and and appreciate what you've accomplished. A lot of that comes from debriefing and talking to my fellow nurses, especially the fellow nurses that I graduated with, which is awesome. I still keep in touch with quite a few of them. And, you know, in nursing school, I've met some of my best friends and have, you know, have them around. And we're kind of just each other's cheerleaders right now because we know exactly what the other is going through. And as well as my friends and my family that I've had for like a lifetime, they're the ones there giving me big hugs after a hard night or, Mm -hmm. you know, just willing to talk to me about about it, even though they may not know everything that goes on behind the scenes. They're still willing to sit there and listen. And um, I have a fabulous boyfriend who's so sweet Mm -hmm. and also very supportive in that. So it all helps with that. But in terms of just me personally, I kind of just take it day by day. And my main goal is to be a safe nurse, to advocate for my patients. And if I can look back on my shift and say, okay, I I did what I set out to do today, I give myself a a pat on the back and say, okay, time to rest for day two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you need that rest. Yeah. Advocating for your patients is super important. Have you ever had to dig down in your own self-confidence and advocate for yourself? Yes. I mean, I've had to speak to managers, fellow co-workers, and and doctors, not just for my patients, but I I mean, I guess I kind of take my patients on as, like, they're they're my priority. They're almost, in a sense, a part of me. Like, I will take care of them as they were my own family members. Mm -hmm. So, in a way that I feel like that's advocating for me and what's mine. You know, they're they're my patients during the, the 12 hours that they're with me, and so... It's scary talking to like higher ups or, or doctors, but I've quickly learned that I have to do what I have to do in terms of that. Now, when I was younger, I had such a hard time sticking up for myself, you know, and like you said, advocating for myself. And that really just came with age and growing into the self-confidence that I have now, which I think my career, because a lot of self-confidence came also from being able to step up and say, hey, doc, I need to talk to you about this, you know, and and them asking me questions. And, you know, it's so intimidating because they're so smart and educated. And I just, you know, want to do what's best for the whole healthcare team and my patients. So a lot of it came from that. Do you ever have to give yourself a little pep talk before you step into that kind of situation? Oh, gosh, do I? I (laughs) always. um, I am a huge, like, 
I, I write things down a lot. So I will actually like write little notes to myself that I want to say to the doctor mm-hmm. because I do get nervous. I don't want to miss anything, but it's getting easier and easier as time goes on. You know, I, I think it's um, that new nurse jitters and you just don't want to be seen as the dumb new nurse or anything, but mm-hmm. you also have to do what you have to do for your patients. And that's something that one of the nurses on my floor told me to, even if you don't feel like, confident in what you're saying you have you have to go on and then just take the challenge head on because your patients need you and then the doctors need you too because you're your, their eyes and ears in patient care in general are you someone that feels comfortable taking on big responsibility or have you had to learn that over time as you've really grown your self-confidence well i am the oldest in my family like Mm -hmm. among my siblings Mm -hmm. so I feel like I've always had this sense of I'm responsible for what happens to these two little kiddos or (laughs) or, you know it's just that protectiveness um growing up as an older sister right but and I'm sure you can you can attest to that with Mm -hmm. your young sister too huh (laughs) but so I feel like I've always had a, um, a solid outlook into what responsibility is but in terms of like being responsible for a whole nother person's life like I have in the hospital that definitely has been something that I've had to grow into because you know in in nursing school when you're in your clinicals or any hospital setting you're with another nurse uh, working under their license so whatever happens to the patient is on them but now I'm in that situation and I think that was a huge kind of like whoa this is my reality now moment that I had to kind of go through and, and it was really overwhelming at first, but now I'm more like, okay, you know, I just have to work hard and be safe and do my best. I'm that new nurse who asks all the questions in order to be like the safest I can be. So I always have my patient's best interest at heart. I know that by doing that, it's going to be okay. It's a huge responsibility, but I knew what I was signing up for in terms of that. Being that new nurse that asks all the questions, how did you find the confidence to put yourself in that position? Because sometimes it's it's scary to be like, hey, I don't know this. I need to ask a question. Mm-hmm. I guess just that the feeling of, hey, I'm responsible for this patient's life and I'd rather be, I talk about safety a lot because it's such a huge deal to me. I want to be the safe nurse. Even if people think, wow, that was a dumb question. Um <laughs> you know what, I'm going to ask it loud and proud because (laughs) after that, I would have either learned something new or solidified what I thought I already knew. And I know that going forward after getting that question answered, I'm going to provide the safest care. And the great thing is about where I work on my floor, everyone has told me, because I used to say, hey, this is a dumb question. And I would always get stopped and say, there's no such thing as a dumb question, but go on, you know, (laughs) and and everyone has been willing to help me. And I really appreciated that. And that really made me feel more comfortable. But even if I wasn't in that awesome scenario, I, yes, it would, it would stink having to ask people who weren't willing to answer my questions or who would make me feel dumb uh, for the questions that I did ask. But at the end of the day, that's my license, my patience, my responsibility over somebody else's life. And I know that I did my best to provide the safest care I could by asking all those questions. Maybe you should change your Instagram to the safe RN from the happy. <laughs> the, safe one. the safe and happy one. 
your Instagram handle for your nursing Instagram. Why did you choose the word happy? Like what significance does that have? So it is very significant to me because I always try to look on the positive and the happy in any sort of situation. I'm not saying I'm the happiest person, that nothing ever bothers me, and that I'm just smiling and peppy all the time. That's actually the complete opposite. We all go through ups and downs. We've all gone through hard times in life, but I feel that if I didn't have the perspective of, okay, well, what is a positive out of this situation, or how can we turn this into a positive situation, it would just be a complete mess. I would be a complete mess if I didn't have that outlook. So while I share the difficulties of my journey on this page, I call it the happy RN because I do try to say, well, even though this is a difficult time, either it will get better or I learned this from this situation and that's a positive in itself. If you could right now just give your best piece of advice to aspiring nurses, nursing students, people that are thinking about maybe trying to pursue a career in nursing, what would it be? It would be what my mom told me back when I said I give up. It would be don't don't give up. Don't quit. Keep grinding and keep working towards your goal because no matter how difficult it is and no matter how difficult it seems at the time, you can do it. You know, and it may, it may not be a linear road, like, you know, you apply to nursing school, you get in, you graduate. It may take a lot longer than that. You may go through some hoops and have to jump through all that, but you can do whatever you put your mind to. That That's just how I grew up, you mm-hmm. know, with that positivity and that outlook, and it's something that I really hold dear to my heart. You know, what my mom has told me, don't give up and you can do whatever you set your mind to. So that's what I would tell anybody who wants to be a nurse or is aspiring nursing student. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. Being somebody who has been able to not give up and putting emphasis as you have on that self-talk, how impactful do you think your self-talk is to your self-confidence? I think it's very impactful. I used to not be the nicest person to myself. Mm-hmm. And and I've always been somebody who has preached kindness to one another. Mm-hmm. But something I learned growing up is you can't pour from an empty cup. And especially mm. if, if you preach kindness to others, yourself has to be included in that category. Because you can't be happy and kind and, you know, peppy and look at the positive in all aspects um, in life all the time. If on the inside, you're just kind of, you know, but I'm not smart enough, but I'm not this. I can't do that. Like, that's a whole lot of negative for trying to, for someone who's trying to be a positive beacon in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For people who are having a hard time redirecting that negative self-talk into positive self-talk, what's maybe one small first step they can take to change that, you know, and redirect it? I think one step that they could take is speak to someone that they trust on that. For me, it was my mom. 
you know, and, and actually she's the one who kind of called me out on it in the first place. <laughs> my mom is a very confident person and she really exudes that self-confidence and self-love and really tries to promote that in me and my, my siblings. But I felt like I was in charge of that myself because no one can make you love yourself. Mm. But being able to talk to her about that and how I was feeling helped me kind of make sense of all the, the the jumble of mess of thoughts that was going on in my head mm-hmm. you know it sometimes you have to talk it out for things to make sense and that's where I kind of the light bulb hit and say where well I'm talking about all this being kind to others I need to be included in that category as well I had seen this thing it was talking about think about the way you talk to yourself would you ever talk to your best friend that way? Like, would you ever talk to somebody you love that way? Why do you talk to yourself that way when you are the one that is most deserving of your own love? Mm -hmm. I completely agree that now that you say that, that is, it's something that I did think about back then when I was like kind of having that turn in, in attitude really towards myself because on the outside you would think I was just like super happy and just like happy with myself because of how I treated others but it was mm-hmm. not necessarily true I was over there telling myself like I'm not smart enough I'm not capable of doing the things that I want to do and like you said I would never talk to anybody that way right not, not in the way that I talk to myself no so and it, you kind of start thinking well why am I treating myself like this mm-hmm. I'm like my own bully right now <laughs> so you know it was it was definitely something to grow out of and it's difficult I'm sure we all go through days where we just kind of look at ourselves and say I don't like my hair or I I really just can't do today you know I'm sure we all wake up some days feeling that way but it's it's all about redirecting those thoughts and trying to find the positive in what may be like a messy hair sweatshirt type of day (laughs) I can totally attest to like what it is to have somebody like that in your life that isn't afraid to that isn't afraid to be honest with you from a place of love like (laughs) my mom is totally that person too and like you've mentioned your mom's super confident my my mom is the pinnacle of confidence i yep i'm sure they'll get along just great oh Oh my gosh sure yeah i no i for sure i always attribute the the person i am and the way i kind of approach life like i don't think i'd be the same person if my mom wasn't the way that she is and and adapted to her life struggles the way that she did and didn't let anything really keep her down so and that's why i really want to share these stories about people that inspire me because I think we can get inspiration and motivation and and build a community of people that are doing completely different things but are all doing it out of this mode of operating from believing in themselves, not letting something stop them. Because it's super easy to just let all the negativity and the negative self-talk get to you. Like, believe me, when I first sat down and thought like, yeah, I want to start a podcast, I was like, who the who is going to listen to that? Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to listen to that. And then it's like, no. It doesn't matter if I have one listener or a um, hundred million listeners. What matters is that I'm putting stories out there that will find their way to the person that needs to hear it. Yes. Somehow, and some I'm way. Sure. I'm sure if, if you didn't do this later down the road, you would kind of kick yourself in the butt and say, I, I regret not doing what 
something that I always wanted to do, which is yeah. start the podcast. Yeah, my my nana would always say, um, she's always one of those people that's more of like a ask for forgiveness, not permission person. <laughs> but her main thing she'd always say is, you're gonna regret the things that you didn't do more than the things you do. Yep. Maybe you're gonna put something out there and you're gonna listen back and be like, oh, I sounded so stupid, but <laughs> you put something out there, you know? Yep. Or maybe you're gonna, you know, ask a question in class or on the floor of the hospital and you're gonna think oh my gosh that was so dumb like two seconds later you're gonna think of the answer for yourself and be like i, I if i would have just waited two minutes i could have found the answer myself but <laughs> but the point is is letting those walls down having the vulnerability finding these ways to really have those moments where maybe you think you seem dumb or naive but at the end of the day they really do work themselves into little pieces of the foundation of your self-confidence oh yeah definitely because if you don't take the time to do what the things that you want to do you're just not going to be happy Mm -hmm. with your life you're just going to kind of go through it's going to be a very vanilla life you're going to wake up go to work (laughs) not take any any risks or chances in doing things that you might find really exhilarating and exciting like starting a podcast and for me you know going after the career that I wanted doing the Instagram page that I always wanted to do and like you said it doesn't matter whether we have a multitude of followers or if it's just like you know one follower or two like it's putting that yourself out there and that's really important I think in self-confidence just putting yourself out there and really having that confidence in yourself and saying hey I I did that and I'm proud of it yeah own it put it out there and own it yeah Amy if you had one piece of advice for our listeners to be able to exercise confidence every day what would that be? To exercise confidence, uh, make sure that the kindness and care that you're showing to others, you're showing to yourself. Because that's going to help you cultivate that confidence and help that confidence grow. And I think that's just one of the biggest steps that you could do and one of the biggest positive things that you could do for yourself in terms of self-confidence and self-love don't be mean to yourself. <laughs> yeah, there's there's enough of that going on in this world. We don't we don't need to be any more mean to ourselves. Amy, I just want to I thank you so much for agreeing to be on here, letting me just talk with you and share your story. I appreciate you just being so vulnerable and honest and and sharing your journey with us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm an open book. And of course, that came with um, my journey towards being a more confident person and someone who loves herself a whole lot more than I used to. So I'm here for you all. If anyone needs to talk and, you know, needs some advice and thank you, JR, for having me. I mean, I love what you're doing Mm. with your podcast. And I hope everyone who listens to it is a little bit more blessed in their day because I know they will be. I love what you're doing with your life. And like we mentioned earlier, listeners, I'll be putting Amy's socials in the description so you can click through, keep up to date with her incredible journey as a nurse, especially during this tumultuous time in the healthcare industry, but also as the dust settles. And if you have questions, if any of you are out there maybe thinking about not only careers in healthcare, but kind of learning how to be kind to yourself and what that looks like or how you can practice that. Amy is the nicest woman in any room. I guarantee you. Oh, she's too sweet. <laughs> no, you are. You're too sweet. She's she's just got a heart of gold. 
She loves to make people feel good about themselves. She loves to help in any way that she can. So we'll put that out there so you can get uh, connected with her and just stay up to date with all the amazing things she's doing. You're too sweet. Thank you so much, JR. Of course. Thank you so much, Amy. Well, I think we ought to change Amy's name to Amazing. (laughs) I know that was lame. But I really think this woman is so incredible. And I love how she shared her story with us so transparently. Yes, she had a setback. She doubted herself. She listened to people who didn't believe in her. But she didn't stay there. She picked herself back up. She consulted people she trusted. And she pursued her dream full force after a setback. And she turned it into a success. This woman accomplished that dream and that goal she set for herself. I think we can all aspire to do the same thing in our life with any area where maybe we've stopped pursuing something that we really want to attain. I also love the way Amy emphasized how important it is to really watch how our self-talk is. Yeah, it's so easy to slip into being negative about ourselves and to get down on ourselves, but we have to recognize that, take it back, harness it, make it positive, and use it to our advantage. How you think about yourself is how you feel about yourself. And how you feel about yourself is going to dictate how your confidence level is. It's either going to be the thing that tells you, yes, you can, and it'll push you forward. Or like she said, you'll be your own biggest roadblock by saying, no, I can't. So I urge you, when you have those negative moments and that negative self-talk creeps in, recognize it, capture it, and turn it around into a positive. I believe in you. I know you can exercise confidence in yourself to achieve whatever it is you want to. Tune in next week as we sit down with Mary-Kate Fitzpatrick. Mary-Kate works in post-production at Murder Trend. This woman has so much confidence. It just comes through in the way that she talks in this interview. Her presence, her aura just radiates it. She shares some really awesome nuggets of just gold on how to be confident how to own who you are, and how to put that out there for you to be able to exercise confidence in who you are, who you want to be, and who you are truly creating yourself to be. Thank you so much for tuning in to Exercise Confidence. I truly hope that I've earned the privilege of your time, and I can't wait for you to tune back in next week and the weeks to come as we continue to share inspiring stories to help you exercise confidence. For today, I'm Jaren Asari, signing off. And I hope that you find a way to exercise confidence every day.